Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, June 6, 2022, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in Bill's story, page 8, the second paragraph, Trembling, I Step from the Hospital, ending with, that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. One paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Naomi GB, 12 traditions, Kim T, reading the text are Kathy S and Jack W, and our backup is Dara L, and the newcomer greeter is Rebecca A, and the host of the second hour is Betsy H. The reference numbers for Sunday, June 5th, 2022, 8.30 a.m. special edition meeting is 19,033, that's 1906. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi GB to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. I'm a compulsive overeater. My name is Naomi GB from Ontario, Canada, and the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Naomi. Okay, I will now ask Kim T to read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning, this is Kim T. in Northern Michigan, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. And four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige prestige, divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn, never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, tele- television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and a pass. Thank you, Kim. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're in Bill's story, page eight, the second paragraph, trembling, I step from the hospital, a broken man, ending with incredibly more wonderful as time passes, reading that one paragraph only. I will ask Kathy F. to begin reading. Good morning, Katie. This is Kathy S recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia. Trembling, I stepped from the hospital, a broken man. Fear sobered me for a bit. Then came the insidious insanity of that first drink, and on Armistice Day, 1934, I was off again. Everyone became resigned to the certainty that I would have to be shut up somewhere or would stumble along to a miserable end, how dark it is before the dawn. In reality, that was the beginning of my last debacle. I was soon to be catapulted into what I like to call the fourth dimension of existence. 
I was to know happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. Yes, I can relate to this paragraph. Um, you know, it even picking up where we left off on Friday that food was my master. And trembling, I, I woke up and um, I reached out to someone in this program because I had been out for several months asked her to be my sponsor and fear sobered me up for a bit. She said she'd pray about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get abstinent and work, you know, just get myself entirely abstinent. And I was following my food plan and, and at the two week mark, it wasn't armistice day, but it was mother's day, 2020, the insidious insanity of the idea that because I wasn't craving ice cream, that maybe it wouldn't, it wouldn't harm me, you know, and, and I, I even prayed about it. I asked God and I, I made this little bet with God kind of thing and, and just said, you know what, if, if this doesn't go well, at least I'll know because, you know, the 10 plus years of experience, um, you know, that didn't count for anything. And of course, uh, the result, as you can imagine, was the same as Bill's and how dark it was before the dawn. And the next morning I had every every resolve to attend a meeting and I binged the entire day. It was very dark. It was very painful. And it was like an out of body experience because I had ignited that physical allergy. And, um, and it was the following afternoon with a migraine headache and all the withdrawal symptoms that my sponsor reached out and said, if I was willing, um, she would work the steps with me. And, I don't know what happened. I was so beat down and done and out of ideas that I just said, whatever. And we started working. And I can, you know, this paragraph, it talks about the darkness that we've known and we've been talking about, but then it, it stretches, it jumps, catapults us right into the hope of recovery. And it's the steps, working the steps and staying in connection with this fellowship, doing this every single day. And knowing a new peace and happiness, this fourth dimension that they're talking about for me, this is living my life with God and seeking God for direction and just knowing that no matter what happens in my life today, it is good because of my step two idea that God is good and God is for me. God loves me. So anything and everything that comes into my life today is good. And, um, and of course, as people know me, I don't always first perceive it that way. And that's why we have a 10 step process that enables me to work these steps to turn back to God and my step one and step two and step three. And, and just really know life as it is today. And it is a life of true peace and joy. And uh, it's, it's, practically indescribable, but let me just tell you that this works and it is a way of living that is more wonderful each and every day. So uh, I know that's my time. I could go on forever, but um, thank you for letting me share. Thank you for getting us started, Kathy. So we're on the first paragraph on, I mean, reading one paragraph only, the second paragraph on page eight. So who would like to comment on that? Victoria W. Susan A. Barbara E. Susan A. Okay, I have Victoria. Um, I didn't get your initial. Reva P. Um, Susan A. And Barbara E. 
Who else would like to share? Loretta H. Loretta H. Dara L. Dara L. Terry J. Terry J. And there was another person? Ken WH. And Ken WH. Okay, let's stop there. I have Victoria, Reva P, Susan A, Barbara E, Loretta H, Dara L, Terry J, and Ken WH. Victoria, please go ahead and give us your name and where you're from. I mean, your last initial and where you're from. Thank you so much. This is Victoria W. I'm in Miami, Florida, Eastern Time. Um, was not expecting to get out there first, but thank you so much for everybody doing service here today. I just had to share on this. I just feel called to, you know, I'm thinking about the time when I, as a diabetic, went to a potluck that a friend was throwing. I made my own food um, that I knew was quote unquote safe for me. I ate all of that, and then I proceeded to eat all of whatever else anybody had brought, um, way past the point any other person was eating, thinking, well, this person's blueberry cobbler is gluten-free. Um, well, now I've really done it. My blood sugar is going to be crazy anyway. Might as well as eat all that I can because this is going to be the last time I do this, which was, you know, spoiler alert, it was not the last time I did it. Um, but that night, I got home. My blood sugar was four times as high as normal. I was freaking out. I was having shortness of breath. It turned out to be um, from anxiety, but I thought I was going into a diabetic coma. Uh, as a faculty member at the hospital I worked at, I put my badge on first, right, because that's what you do when you think you're in a coma. You take the time to put your jacket and your badge on so people know you're important. And I took an Uber to the emergency room um, where I explained to the nice resident who was friends with my boyfriend there saying, oh, you know, I just went to a potluck. You know how those things go. And he looked at me like, no, I don't know what that's like. And I still remember that incredulous look he gave me like, no, I don't, what do you, you went to a potluck and now, and now you think you're going into a coma? No, I don't, I don't know what that's like. Um, and that was the insanity, right? Like my boyfriend drove me home after his night shift the next morning and he was like, you've got to stop doing this to yourself. And I knew, I knew, I was like, yeah, I know. Um, and yet, um, and that's what I think of was the insanity, but then also like what, what stood between me, the fear before the next first bite? No, not at all, not at all. Um, the next time I just said, oh, you know what? That was so scary. Let me use my insulin to make sure that I don't have to go back to the hospital. Then I started overdosing my insulin, which I know people can die from, but I knew that wouldn't happen to me because I'm smarter than them. Um, and I'm shaking as I tell you this right now because I'm so familiar with that insanity. It sounded like such a good idea at the time. I had no question. Yeah, this makes total sense. But it really, if I had a patient doing that, I would say, like, you can't go home because you're, you're going to kill yourself with what you're doing. Um, and I'm just so thankful that I don't live that life anymore. I just took my insulin shot uh, while I was waiting on the line to, uh, to, you know, while the other names were being taken. And I didn't have any thoughts of giving myself more than what I'm prescribed. I didn't have any thoughts of like, what's going to happen today with my blood sugar? Am I going to eat something that was against my will? I don't, I don't worry about that today. And it's just a miracle. It brings me to tears because it's been two and a half years almost since I've eaten against my will or since I've abused my insulin medication. And I just want people to know who are out there, no matter how crazy it gets. Time. There's a solution here. And 
perfect timing. I will pass with that. Thank you so much for letting me share this morning. Thank you, Victoria W. from Miami. Okay, Reva P., you're up, followed by Susan A. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Starting my timer. Um, broken. You know, we're reading about Bill getting broken, uh, reaching his bottom. Um, and for me, the bottom had nothing to do with body size or weight or medical consequences or anything. The bottom was like a spiritual bottom where I was spiritually, emotionally, whatever, um, broken. Because I had been physically broken a lot of times. It didn't matter. When I reached that spiritual bottom where I can't live with the food, I can't live without it, and I just cannot go on like this anymore. Um, um, and I had to get to where I had to get. Um, to reach my step one, that place of powerlessness, surrender, um, before I was willing to do anything in this program. Um, and what strikes me is I love the second half of the paragraph, how dark it is before the dawn. And I've heard it said that every breakdown is an opportunity for a breakthrough. And we all remember, you know, the very bottom before we were willing to start um, embracing the program. But you know, there's a lot of breakdowns um, in abstinence, in recovery for me. Um, and they're certainly not um, like, you know, that one time um, that where my life changed, but you know, I, there's little breakdowns. Um, and they are opportunities for breakthroughs if I'm abstinent and working the steps then they become opportunities. Otherwise, they just become opportunities for more demoralization, remorse, and self-pity. Um, and it's just so hopeful knowing that when I'm going through a rough patch in recovery, um, that the light will come. And all I have to do is keep putting one foot in front of the other, plodding along, keeping the food down, working the steps. And then when, when the dawn and the light comes, it's like God just comes to me it's like lifting the shade i don't have to work hard for making the, to make the light come in the room i just have to lift the shade and i just have to do the steps do the work um, and then to know that there will be happiness peace usefulness and life not sobriety but life that is incredibly more wonderful um, if we just keep trudging along um, and with that i pass thank you thank you <laughs> Thank you, Reva P. Okay, Susan A, you're up, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Katie, can you hear me? Yes, great. And thank you for your service this morning. I'm Susan A in, from Pennsylvania, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, the reason I, this paragraph is very uh, interesting to me is that I look at it as a metaphor for life itself. It includes suffering and the overcoming of suffering. It points to that in this paragraph. And we can see that Bill and everybody that knows Bill is certain that he will be either shut away and isolated from the world forever 
or he will slowly stumble along a path that leads to a miserable end. But the reason I love this paragraph is there's hope that he will be removed from the snare of of, uh, addiction. And it points to an angel in the form of a man that, that meets with, um, with Bill, and that will happen in the next couple paragraphs. That there is, there, this points to the fact that there will be a turning point for Bill. Um, and where this angel person uh, shares the miracles of recovery with Bill. And, and the hope is that Bill will be catapulted into, into a life of happiness, peace, and usefulness. I've experienced several angels in the form of humans in my life, and several of them are called sponsors. And sponsors in this uh, 12-step recovery program of, of, of Overeaters Anonymous. And this healthy meeting in particular, these these sponsors were angels. Um, and I've experienced this, you know, the healthy living that goes along with the steps, which changed how I live uh, my life. And now I put my higher power first and my ideas second. And the metaphor I use for this is a tandem bike. I no longer am in the front seat of that bike. I'm in the back seat and higher power is in the front seat. Through vision, I've been able to hear and understand and live a healthy recovered life and to pass this on to my sponsees. And uh, anyway, I, I just love this paragraph and I will with that pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Susan. Okay, next we'll have Barbara E. Barbara E, star one. Good morning, everyone. I do hope you can hear me. I tend to mute and unmute myself many times on this beautiful meeting. This is Barbara E in New Jersey, volume compulsive overeater. There are no red, yellow, green light foods for me. Every food is black. So I have to weigh my food on a scale in the kitchen. It's absolutely necessary. And I was concerned that I wouldn't be able to get this program when I heard about the three-legged stool because like many of us, we came in for a diet. But my sponsor asked, how had my, how had my relationship with God served me? or not served me? How had it ever served me? And until I had an answer, maybe I should just keep working the program and eventually I might have the answer. And I did just that. But I don't want you to think my recovery was linear, a straight line. It wasn't. It went up and down. Some days were good, some days were bad, but I persevered on. I had to cross over the bridge. What did I have to lose? Misery, loneliness, isolation, feeling less than my than worthless, uh, using food as a sedative that wore off too soon, and then feeling feeling ashamed 
and shooting on myself. I should have done better. I should do this. That didn't help at all. So I didn't want to fly backwards. And I had to answer every single day. And now I have my uh, sponsee. Oops, Barbara, we can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, sorry. I wonder why that happened. Let me know, please. Uh, did I do something wonderful for myself today? Did I do something for another with no expectation of reward? Was there something that I marveled at, perhaps a flower growing? And what could I have done better? Did I take offense and leave the room? Did I say something I shouldn't have? Did I pass the conversation on? I had to ask myself these questions. And someone I trust yesterday said something beautiful. And I'm repeating it, and it's not my words. She said something about she um, a golden goose. She says, Um, that she never felt any relief, but just like the golden goose that produces them, she wants one every day. So in the morning, to answer any questions, I say the prayers, and I do try and meditate, but I do it very poorly. But I do say to my higher power, bring it on. I'm ready. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Loretta H., you're up, followed by Dara L. Good morning, Katie, for your lead and everybody on this line who saves my life along with my precious God. This is Loretta H., recovered, and I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I looked up the word um, catapulted and it says a ballistic device used to launch a projectile a great distance and I thought of myself in the disease and out of the disease and it's all about um, my thinking God's will if I take his suggestions then I catapult myself into the right action when I don't do that I catapult myself into the um, the pain and the suffering because if I take that compulsive bite, not only do I have pain, or if I don't, I'm I'm super, I'm duly addicted. If I don't, I I hear some background noise. Sorry, oh, I still hear it. Sorry. Um, if I I must must take his lead because I am still sick. I only get this reprieve once for this day. And I must, as the lead said, I must work the steps every single day, either 10, 11, or 12, doing 10, 11, and 12. And then if I'm really in a serious strait, I am not in the surrender, seriously understanding real recovery entails, not debating every reason in my debating society, then I need to do a step four. Because just recently, I have been in darkness several times in the program. And the only thing I can do is 
do my prayer meditation, my 10 and 11s, and then maybe digest it even further with the four so that I can be free of my seemingly hopeless situation of catapulting myself into the darkness before the dawn. I want to be in this dawn. And that takes work. Willingness, I believe, sometimes is overrated because I have to work it uh, to be better. And I have to trust God because that's another action. And I just, yeah, this program works, but I must work it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, everybody, for saving my life today. Thank you, Loretta H. Dara L., you're up, followed by Terry J. Uh, great. Thanks for your service. And Dara L., I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. Um, I was off again. You know, I feel like at one point I thought that was going to be written on my tombstone. <laughs> like, you know, as a chronic relapser, um, it was uh, it's really pitiful and demoralizing. And I think, you know, the beauty of Bill's story, right, is that he does continue to pick up. He continues to pick up. But once he gets access to the solution, um, he puts down alcohol and miracles happen and his way of life is incredibly more wonderful as things pass. pass. Um, and that wasn't my story. You know, my story as someone who's recovered four times is that I actually don't believe that I can say um, that was the beginning of my last debauch because I know what it feels like um, to put the food down, to be catapulted into that fourth dimension of existence and then um, to, you know, through my own will <laughs> to, uh, to, to get out of that uh, and, and be off again, you know. And so I just really wanted to share from the perspective of someone whose story is, is Bill's story in so many ways. In so many ways I relate to Bill's journey. Um, but what I don't relate to is this idea that um, my recovery is something that, you know, happened and I can look back in the rearview mirror and be like, you know, never again. Um, and today I do feel like never again. Today I do feel like I have it, it, the best life that I've ever known possible. But I also know what it is to to kind of to ease out of that. And lately I've been talking to a lot of people who went back into the food or whatever and, and feel so demoralized and feel like, you know, um, it didn't work for me. And my experience is, is that actually like it can work for everyone. Like every single one of us can have access to what Bill had um, and, and uh, you know, to die not from this disease, but with this disease. And I think that um, sometimes those linear stories, especially if someone, you know, has recovered and is in relapse, it can feel like, oh God, you know, that's not accessible or available to me. But that, but that's not been my experience. You know, my experience is that I do have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition and the foundation of entire abstinence. And if I am entirely abstinent and continue to do this work, I will be rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence, but it's not a one-time event, you know, for really until this time around. I thought the end of the vision for you reading that we read every day said trudge the road to happy destiny, um, and it, just, it only hit me uh, over the head in, in this recovery that it's the road of happy destiny. And I think it's the same with the fourth existence. You know, it's like I can be there, but I need to continue to do the work to remain there. Um, and with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much. 
Thank you, Dara. Okay, Terry J, you're up, followed by Ken WH, and then we'll open it up for more sharers. Good morning. This is Terry J in Michigan. Grateful to be on the meeting this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Grateful for uh, the God of my understanding leading me to Overeaters Anonymous 10 years ago. And uh, I'm really grateful for Overeaters Anonymous leading me to the God of my understanding. This is a good paragraph. It really is when I think about uh, all the times that I have over the past nine years uh, since uh picking food back up again, picking up those trigger foods, those unhealthy foods again, and uh, stumbling and starting and stumbling and starting again. See, I can really identify with Bill because, for real, my name is Terry, and I am a compulsive overeater. And no matter what, the only thing that is going to uh, arrest that is by living in the steps, living in the steps. I think that our step two is screaming out at me today, you know, came to believe in a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, which I call God. And, and, and it does really work. You know, I feel so good this morning. Everybody that has shared from the reader all the way down to me, I've gotten something out of each share that I cannot, I cannot do this alone. I cannot pick up, again, my trigger foods. And if I am diligent in this process of the steps and the work that you do, that I do, I, you have to really make this about me, you know, because this is personal. I could certainly identify with the lady that shared, my sister that shared about uh, diabetes because I'm a diabetic and playing, playing Russian roulette with my medications and, and eating and, and then, oh, God, please, 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 I won't do it anymore. I won't do it anymore. Like uh, God doesn't really know, you know, the end from the beginning. And really learning to trust this process one moment at a time is necessary. So I managed to put a few days together uh, abstinent, you know, because my goal is to recover, you know, to recover. I'm so excited um, about being able to share on the line today. I'm going to mark my calendar. But I know I don't share often because I always wait more days so that I'm being, you know, uh, just following what is recommended about sharing on the line. So I'm just grateful this morning. Thank you. I'm just grateful this morning to be a part of the solution. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks, Terry. Okay, Ken WH, you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. Thanks, Katie. This is Ken WH, a recovered compulsive war reader from North Carolina. Uh, I'm just struck by uh, where Bill is at the moment. Uh, the trembling, I stepped from the hospital. I, every time I uh, got caught, 
so to speak, in relapse, <laughs> I came, I was trembling, uh, thinking at that point that I was going to lose everything, I was going to lose a relationship and just all kinds of stuff. And I was trembling. Um, <clears throat> and um, and yet that insanity of the first drink would return. It was that kind of hopelessness that Bill's talking about here. And Armistice Day, 1934, it was November 11th, which is our Veterans Day. That's what Armistice Day originally was for World War I. Um, and, and here he was, a veteran, and here was the day that was celebrating his veteranness, if you will. And um, he went and uh, just needed to be with, probably with buddies, uh, whatever, but he drank. Um, and there was a hopelessness not only in himself as, as I'm reading that uh, but also others were hopeless uh, for him and um, I felt that hopelessness deep down inside um, that I wasn't just ever going to get this that uh, this insidious disease was going to had me and Fortunately, uh, there's a the second half of the paragraph is about hope, and um, you know I started to experience that hopefulness when I wasn't full, <laughs> so <laughs> um, and I became deeply aware that I had never been truly entirely abstinent in all of my out of relapse so-called recoveries just never entirely abstinent. I had to get that profoundly honest with myself. Bill isn't quite there, but he's about to step into the fourth dimension. He's looking in retrospect here. And um, I'm grateful that I'm living in it today. He was grateful that he got there. But uh, I'm grateful that I'm living in that fourth dimension of existence and uh, being useful. To others, uh, so I give thanks and thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Ken. Okay, so we're on page eight, the second paragraph. Trembling from the hospital, reading through that one paragraph. If you haven't shared um, on Thursday or Friday, who would like to share? Kim A. Okay, I didn't hear any of that. Try again. Kim A. Ginger C. Nancy R, Ginger C, Manette M, Manette M, Lou H, Lou H. This is Raquel from Israel. Raquel. Crystal P. I heard Crystal P. Okay, let's see. We have. We only have 15 minutes, so two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, so we'll try to get through these. I have Kim A, Nancy, Ginger C, Ed M, Lou H, Raquel, and Crystal P. Go ahead, please, Kim. Thanks. This is Kim A from New York City, and I'm driving, so I haven't read the paragraph, but, you know, I'm hearing daily reprieve, daily reprieve, daily reprieve, and, of course, we all want that daily reprieve. I don't get that daily reprieve from measuring my cereal. I don't get that daily reprieve 
from avoiding specific ingredients. I get that daily reprieve from working the steps. And if I work the steps, if I'm truly living in 10, 11, and 12, that means that I am asking God to remove the things that cause me to eat, right? Because it's not sugar that causes me to eat. It's not, you know, the delusion that if I accidentally eat too much cereal or too much, like, turkey or whatever it is, for me, that's not the issue. The issue is my shitty thinking and my attitudes and perceptions that are so off that I go to that food constantly for ease and comfort. And so that daily reprieve comes from working this program, not meetings, not calling people, but the actual steps. Um, and, you know, the end game for me is being healthy, feeling healthy, having those promises come true. And those can only come if I get help from my higher power with my thinking. Because as long as I'm continuing to engage in that shitty thinking, whether I even realize it or not, step 10 is like helping me realize that truth, right? Sending it to my sponsor, discussing it with God, going out and being helpful immediately by carrying this message. And I guess my message today is that there's not one right way to get that daily reprieve. If I was able to, I'm not really sure what entire abstinence means because to me, entire abstinence means following a food plan like exactly. And if I was able to do that, I wouldn't need to be here. I was never able to follow a diet. I was never able to avoid any specific ingredients that I thought were triggers for any length of time because I would always go back to it. My mind is unmanageable. It always leads me back to that first bite. So that daily reprieve comes from the steps. Um, yeah, so that's it. Kim A., New York City. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Kim. Nancy, your turn, followed by Ginger C. Hi, Nancy R. from a recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. Uh, good morning. Um, yeah, I can very much identify in with what we read and with Bill um, this morning. Um, and uh, what I love about this paragraph is it starts out with so much hopelessness, which I have felt. And ends with, um, you know, being catapulted into the fourth dimension, which I have also felt and I am living in today. And I am grateful um, for that. And uh, I know there's more, you know, there's more, um, more uh, catapulting, I guess. Um, and... Um, just feeling grateful this morning and um, glad that I identify in with this paragraph because um, I know both of these, um, both the beginning and the end um, of this paragraph. And I'm um, grateful for this program and the work that I am uh, able to do every day in the steps. And, um, and I'm only able to do that because of my relationship with my higher power. So, um, that's all I have for today. Thanks. Thank you so much, um, Nancy. And now we'll have Ginger C. followed by L Lynette M. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. 
I am Ginger C. of Recovered. No, I'm not a Recovered. Oh, my God. I am a real compulsive overeater. I wish. Oh, my God. I only wish I were ever Recovered. You know, the only reason I keep coming back on and sharing my truth with this line is because I know so many more in the food than out. And I know your pain. And I know how hard it is. And I know how badly you want to just get in that car and be free. Be free of this nightmare that continues day after day. I've never felt such pain in this relapse. And I don't know if I'll get back. So anyone on the line that has a gift today, do not give that gift back. Work this like your life depends on it. And work it harder today. So many are outside that door. And are you standing by the door with your hand ready? So many today are hurting an addiction in a great way. And my greatest goal is to get back so I can be that person by the door like I once experienced. There's no greater joy to watch another person get free from this nightmare. And I'm so grateful that there's hope. And I'm so grateful that I don't stop. I am a fighter. And I'm so grateful for that fighting in me because my fight right now is for my life and to get out of this food. So I'm just shouting out to all of you guys that don't see this light. Don't give up. Don't give up. And with that, it passed. Thank you, Ginger. Okay, Lynette M. followed by Lou H. Hi, this is Lynette M. from Oklahoma. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry that it's Monette. It's M as in Mary, O-N-E-T-T-E. And the last uh, initial, uh, or the first initial last name is M. And I am, oh, a grateful, recovered, um, compulsive overeater this morning. And, um, yeah, I, I'm recently working through the steps through the first 164 pages with a new sponsor after 26 years. And I am truly, amazingly having... Uh, yeah, being catapulted into a whole new experience, um, into a fourth dimension, um, and experiencing happiness, peace, and usefulness way, um, you know, that I had never felt before. But I walked into um, I walked into my first OA meeting back in October of 1996. It was an open speaker meeting, and the woman speaking that night is still in my life today, and still. A sponsor and a spiritual mentor and um, so much more and um, but I do have a new steps sponsor and I love the fact that they pointed out to me on the very first title on the title page is our very first promise um, how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism and I've never noticed how many times in this book it does say recovered 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 and I can be recovered and um, I um, I found vision um, May of last year. My new abstinence day is May the 15th of last year. And um, I just totally identify with this paragraph 
of you know knowing a new happiness and peace and usefulness as a way of life that is incredibly more uh, wonderful as time passes. And so um, I prayed to have a new experience with the steps, and um, I did um, after about seven, eight years of um, abstinence and freedom from the mental obsession and um, not putting any foods into my body that would create the physical allergy after about seven, eight years of that, I did get slippery with my food. And for 18 months, I was back in relapse by miracle of God. I only gained like, I don't know, 45, 50 pounds. And that's truly, truly a freaking miracle because I had had 150 pounds that I'd lost back in 2013. And the thing that drove me back um, to the to the um, to recovery and to these steps was missing the presence of God, was missing my higher power. Um, just having that for seven or eight years and, and living um, with Him and that peace, and then having that choosing the food over Him, choosing food over my higher power for those 18 months was just incredibly painful, and it drove me back. And so I found you guys in May of last year and um, I have been restored to the physical recovery and just mostly is important to the physical, um, I mean, to the, to the, to the um, spiritual uh, peace, to the mental, um, uh, the sanity. Time and, please, minute. So anyway, I just want to give some hope and um, grateful I came after Ginger. Yes, we can be recovered, recovered, recovered. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Manette. And Lou H., it's your turn, followed by Raquel. Thank you so much, Katie. This is Lee with two E's, H, from Tennessee, and thanks for hearing my name this morning. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I think what jumps out at me is the line, I was soon to be catapulted. And for me, it just jumped out that Bill was not able to catapult himself. He was soon to be catapulted. And what what was that? Well, for me, that was a power that he did not understand yet. And <clears throat> for me, that's that's what this program is all about. I mean, here he is. He's in this. He's still in a pattern of behavior that is just taking him down, and would continue to take him down had he not been catapulted into this fourth dimension. And how did that happen? His higher power used the hand of another person. And I'm just so reminded of how I've had many hands in this program that have taken mine and have guided me and helped me to put my hand in my higher power's hand. And lately I've, I've been sick with COVID and, um, but I'm recovering, and but it's it's done something to my taste buds, and and it's kind of messed up my food plan a little bit, and so I'm seeing how vulnerable I am, how powerless I am over food, and that I can't predict what's going to happen, you know. And suffering is a part of life, and I'm I'm learning how to live with it. I'm learning how to overcome it, and um, it ta- I've got plenty of tools, and I've got a higher power that is helping me to recover from this this disease of, of overeating, but also uh, of life, because it's just going to continue to happen. And I'm powerless over it, but I do have the steps and I have a higher power. So thank you so much for letting me, let me share, and I'll pass. 
thank you, Lee H and Raquel E, you're up. And um, if you all could each take two minutes, we can have Crystal P as well. Okay, Raquel. Hello, this is Raquel. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Thank you very, very much for this wonderful meeting. And I, I enjoy every one of my friends there and the fact that I can call people, although it's such different hours with Israel, and I keep my batteries all the time, make sure that I should have the batteries in um, working in my pendant, beautiful vintage pendant watch the kids sent me. I have two on the East Coast and two on the West Coast. So I shouldn't wake them up in the middle of the night. So I know the hour difference, but I, I'm able to speak to people. So wonderful, wonderful at the meeting and after the meeting and before the meeting that we are a family helping each other and everybody's pain is my pain and everybody's joy of recovery is mine. So thank you so much for being there. Now this piece, oh, it's so wonderful, so wonderful. And I'm waiting all the time for Harlan, our historian, to get online and say about what happened to Bill on that Armistice Day, because it's hilarious, really. It connects very well with moral alcoholism and the aspect of the insanity. Poor Lois was at work trying to make some money because he wasn't able to work. And he went, uh, got on a bus and he went to Coney Island and just to have some fun. But he, he was very sociable and he met somebody on the bus and they became buddies for that day. And of course, Bill, like myself sometimes, along the way, managed to explain the whole concept, the whole program, the whole allergy and everything to this poor man who listened patiently. And they stopped at bars here and there, and, and, and Bill had his ginger ale, and the other guy was drinking. And before the end, the day ended, they were in the last bar, they were going to be together, and he just, you know, uh, he just reached out, and, and the man forgot, and he made a drink, he ordered a drink for Bill too, and Bill just reached out and took it, and drank it, and the man looked at him, and because I did so many plays with kindergartners, I just have the image in front of me. The guy's eyes grew big as saucers. And he said, whoa, after all you explained to me, you got to be crazy to drink it. And Bill said, yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. It seems that I am. And that started the whole thing again. But how beautiful this being catapulted into the fourth dimension. So God is right now catapulting me into a nursing home. I call it assisted living, assisted dying, whatever. And uh, and I know that I can't eat their food, and I'm setting myself up there that I can manage with the little bit of help that I have uh, with a caretaker to from my home. I'm I'm not giving up that. Fine, that, please. That, yeah, I, I will stop in a minute. To uh, She will cook for me and bring my food, the war rations that I had before. And thank goodness I know exactly what I can and what I cannot eat. And the dining room doesn't interest me one bit. All the activities, yes. All the people, yes. And thank you so much for being there for me. I love you all. Have wonderful, wonderful recoveries. And to those who struggle, I am with you. And God gave me now 13 years and almost 
six months that I have not put back the weight and that's not the main thing, but that my brain and the rest of me can function because of these wonderful steps. Thank you so much for being there. I pass. Thank you, Raquel. And Crystal, I'm sorry, but we do not have time. Hopefully you can stick around for the second hour. Okay, um, so thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, June 6th, 7 a.m. meeting is 19,036. That's 19036. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Jack W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you so much, um, Jack W. from Florida. A special prayer to God for Miss Ginger and all the suffering uh, food compulsive overeaters this morning. And thank you so much for Bill Wilson. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in our morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road to happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.